Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And finally, a federal judge in Oklahoma resentenced Netflix's Tiger King star, Joe Exotic, to 21 years in prison last week. Letting him out any sooner would put the public at risk for a third season. <laughs> If there, there, there are some people that are just destined to make society worse, regardless of what crimes they've committed, Joe Exotic is one of them. Keep him behind bars forever. Uh, just, came across this, <laughs> just came across this headline. Tycoon, who drove his Bugatti 259 miles an hour on the German Autobahn, could face two years in jail. I'll bet he doesn't. I'll bet he pays a fine. And he gets two fifty nine. And he gets for the rest of his life to say, "Yeah, I drove two hundred and sixty miles an hour." <laughs> wow! Wow! I can't even imagine that. Yeah, I've I've been a hundred and forty. In theory, this is everything we'd say about on the radio is for entertainment effect. Please, it's, we're not even real humans. We're AI. It's like a novel. It's fiction. Um. And my fictional character has gone 140 miles an hour. I can't imagine going 120 miles an hour faster than that. Holy crap. Uh, Anyway, here's a good tease for you. You'll want to stay around for this. Social media scammers um, making more money. It's been increasing year by year, like big jumps. Seven hundred seventy million last year, five hundred fifty-four million the year before. So the scams are coming to you through social media. What is the number one way to get you? Have that for you next segment. Mm. Mm. I'll be vulnerable until then. The most likely way you're going to get scammed coming up. Also, I think before the hour is done, we really ought to touch on uh, both the giant new Johns Hopkins study that says the lockdowns did no good or virtually no good. And the uh, big piece in the Atlantic that lo- the Atlantic that looks at a bunch of different studies that say uh, kids and masks does no good. I would like to hear more of that, but I've used up all my free articles and I don't subscribe. Oh, I've got it, no problem. Awesome. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So, do you know Ilya Shapiro? You've actually heard him on our show a couple of times. He was a uh, he was the head of the conservative think tank, the Cato Institute in Washington D.C.'s constitutional lawyer. Uh, really interesting fellow. Uh, nice sense of humor. Enjoy talking to him when we can. Um, he got hired to be um, a, 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 a distinct lecturer at Georgetown University. Uh, he was hired to be the something or other fellow for constitutional laws. And I don't have it in front of me, forgive me, but, you know, he got a big gig at Georgetown, right? So in between getting hired and actually starting, he was uh, tweeting about Joe Biden's announcement last week that he will replace Stephen Breyer, indeed, with a black woman. And Ilya Shapiro tweets, and by the way, before I tell you what he tweets, the Georgetown University Law Center dean described these tweets as appalling. Appalling. Okay, get set to be appalled then. Right. And certainly don't get set for something that 76% of Americans agree with. Hint, hint. What he tweeted was, objectively, the best pick for Biden is Sri Srinivasan, who is a solid progressive and very smart, Shapiro tweeted. Even has identity politics benefit of being first Asian or Indian 
American, but alas, doesn't fit into the last intersectionality hierarchy, so we'll get a lesser black woman. Thank heaven for small favors, because he's a conservative. In a follow-up tweet, he wrote, because Biden says he's only considering black women for SCOTUS, his nominee will always have an asterisk attached, fitting that the court takes up affirmative action next term. So I'm assuming uh, I'd heard the asterisk part, asterisk part, uh, uh, getting criticized. I, su- I assume the term "lesser black woman" is uh, frowned upon. Oh well, yeah, in his opinion, the smartest, best progressive uh, constitutional expert slash judge out there was that Indian American gal he mentioned, and that anybody else would be lesser because everybody else is lesser than this the brilliant legal mind who I'm not familiar with. So that was his point. But the dean and executive... Oh, not doesn't quite rise to the level of appalling, it doesn't seem to me. Uh, no, it might be inartful, as you described it earlier, but it's I'm certainly not appalled, uh, as the uh, giant uh, poll showed yesterday, that, uh, well, it was an average-sized poll. It was probably 8.5 by 11, you know, come to think of it. But um, the, the poll showed 76% of Americans think uh, Biden should have looked at everybody for who would be the best Supreme Court justice and not just black women, 76%. Um, Nobody's talking about that poll. So the, uh, no, 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 it vanished into silence because it doesn't fit the narrative, the progressive media narrative. But anyway, the, the dean and executive president of the Georgetown University Law Center, Bill Trainer, uh, condemned Shapiro's tweet thread, writing, the tweet suggestion that the best Supreme Court nominee could not be a black woman and their use of demeaning language are appalling. The tweets are at odds with everything we stand for at Georgetown Law and are, here we go. Here we go. Damaging to the culture of equity and inclusion that Georgetown Law is building every day. Ah, the equity thing, where it's equality of results and not opportunity that are important. Shapiro later deleted his controversial tweets and apologized. I meant no no offense. It was an inartful tweet. I have taken it down. Well, not good enough. He has been placed on leave. You know, our system has been a quality of opportunity. The French Revolution was about, at various points, because it was a lot of different things over the years, but at various points was about equality of outcome. And if you try to force equality of outcome, you end up with a lot of blood in the streets. Mm-hmm. Every time. Because there's no other way to do it. Right, right. Uh, so uh, Ilya Shapiro said he believes he'll be cleared. I'm optimistic the Georgetown's investigation will be fair, impartial, and professional, though there's not really much to investigate. I'm confident that they'll reach the only reasonable conclusion. My tweets didn't violate any university rule or policy and is indeed protected by Georgetown policies of free expression. Accordingly, I expect to be vindicated and look forward to joining my new colleagues in short order. <laughs> well played, Ilya. Well played. I certainly hope that's the outcome. I don't know how heavily I would bet on that. He's going to get fired. He's going to. He's never going to work at Georgetown at, at that university. You think? Yeah, I think so. When's the last time somebody didn't go all the way to the wall with one of these? Well, right. Uh, Where they didn't just appease people with a uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll suspend them or or an administrative leave or whatever. So far, it almost always leads to. It's the one step down the road to getting rid of them. 
Right, and you've got probably half the people who are pretending to be outraged because they know it, it gives them power, and half the, the kids, the, the students and staff that the Georgetown University uh, dean quotes, uh, I've heard the pain and outrage of so many at Georgetown Law. Well, half does of he them go are any, fake. Does he go any further in explaining the pain? What is the pain? The, 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 I don't even understand the controversy. Well, it's it's either, that's what I was driving at, it's either fake or these people are so ready to be uh, um, uh, outraged that they don't think it's through and that they're sincere, but they're fools. They're overly emotional fools. He does go into a little detail. Ilya Shapiro's tweets are antithetical to the work that we do here every day to build inclusion, belonging, and respect for diversity. By Uh, saying that this black woman would be the best person and anybody other than her is a step backwards. Well, this Indian Indian American woman. And because she's not black. Well, see, that's the thing. No, what he said was any other choice would be lesser than her. But she said what he said was any other black woman choice would be lesser than her. But are they expressing his opinion that she's the best? But so they're trying to pretend that. In his mind, a black woman would always be lesser? Yes, exactly. Well said. Yeah. Which all it would take is a single question to Mr. Shapiro, who's quite articulate and could uh, explain himself immediately. That's why I say half of it's fake and half of it is just people are such lunatics they can't be reasoned with anyway. All you have to do is say, Mr. Shapiro, what did you mean by that? Did you mean that there can't be a superior black woman? He'd say, oh, no, of course not. I was just expressing that I think this gal is the sharpest progressive legal mind out there and would be the best choice. Rich Lowry of the National Review just tweeted, Whoopi Goldberg apologizes for her... We haven't played that for you today. If you haven't heard it, she made some comments about uh, what Hitler was doing, the concentration camps, etc. But anyway, Whoopi Goldberg... Well, apolog- that it was not about race. It was not about race. She said many times. So she went on Stephen Colbert last night and cleaned up her comments. Whoopi Goldberg apologizes. Nothing to see here. We all make mistakes. Ilya Shapiro apologizes he must be suspended and investigated. Right, of course. Are you willing to exercise the power of fake victimhood or not? Mostly conservatives aren't. I won't. That's something. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, predictably and uh, admirably, have leapt to Mr. Shapiro's, uh, Shapiro's defense. Group said in a statement that Dean William Trainer has made the wrong decision in authorizing this witch hunt, and every day that it continues is an affront to free speech and fairness at Georgetown. Georgetown's embarrassing capitulation is antithetical to the tenets of liberal education and cannot be squared with its promise to provide all members of its community the broadest possible latitude to speak, write, listen, challenge, and learn. That's a quote from Georgetown's charter. Wow. Even if others, another quote, find it offensive, unwise, immoral, or ill-conceived. They're just such nakedly hypocritic fools. Oh, I got an example of critical. I got an example of something uh, somebody said or did at Georgetown, and it was okay a couple of years ago. I'll have to bring that to oh, you great. Al- along with what is the most likely way you're scammed on social media and have money taken from you. That's next. Armstrong and Getty.
Disco <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> Kid Rock I'll bet he was having a good time As he wrote and recorded that song There you go All we gotta do is just come together So um I do I do have a problem with the, the people on left or right who make these claims of why can't we come together as you're calling the other side, you know, Hitler or Mao or whatever. You're a communist. You're Hitler. Let's come together. Why can't we come together? We should come together so I can stab you and get you fired from your job. <laughs> um, oh, one follow up on that whole thing with the Georgetown University. And so they get this law professor that they put on administrative leave. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get fired. For, for some pretty tepid comments about Joe Biden ought to pick the most qualified candidate for the Supreme Court, which three-quarters of Americans agree with. Seems like the sort of thing you'd be pretty solid in saying, but you're not at Georgetown University. Well, here's something was okay in 2018. In 2018, a Georgetown professor called for castrating the corpses of GOP senators. The university called it disrespectful discourse but did not suspend saying we protect the rights of our community members to exercise their freedom of expression. Do you? Do you really? In the case of Ilya Shapiro, basically saying Joe Biden should pick this Indian woman, a black woman would be lesser. And, you know, maybe you shouldn't have worded it that way, but is that worse than what castrating the corpses of GOP senators is a... You know, um, it's a shame. It's a crying shame. But the James Lindsay's and Peter Bogosian's of the world and all sorts of academics, that bloke from uh, Chicago Law was forced onto his knees in a struggle session for daring to, you know, include an abbreviation of a naughty word on an exam. And these are for grad students. Uh, All those people don't have the power and the heft to really get the attention uh, you know, of enough people to 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 help them get actual justice. Ilya Shapiro does. I think he is such a big name in constitutional law. I've seen a number of real heavyweights rally to oh, his yeah. defense. I'm oh, yeah. hoping this is a serious moment well, in reckoning with these these just head hunting savage woke lunatics. Yeah, well, I saw a lot of those heavyweights come to his defense before he got suspended. So they they went further anyway. Um, One more reason to despise the very concept of our elite universities. No kidding. Social media scammers made off with $770 million last year. Three quarters of a trillion dollars. And that's quite an increase from the year before. So, uh, for comparison, scams from websites or apps cost consumers around half a billion. Scams from phone calls, slightly less. So it's now more... Websites and apps than phone calls for the first time as of two years ago. So the whole calling you and trying to convince your grandma to give you, give them the Social Security number, now, now you do it online. Uh, the number of cases of these types of fraud was 18 times higher in 21 compared to 17. That's how much it's grown online. Scams have infiltrated all age groups, but it appears that those from 18 to 39 were more than twice as likely as older adults to report losing money to these scams in 2021. I think that's mostly a function of who's online as opposed to you being more gullible, wouldn't you guess? Yeah, that that number's counterintuitive. I'd like to know more about it. But wait wait till old people start getting online more. Right. Uh, the report uh, listed Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, and Telegram as the top platform for scams. Here's the thing you need to know. The most profitable strategies for social media frauds, accounting for the most dollars lost, promised fake romance. 
And big returns on bogus investments. Those are the two biggest. But romance. How are they taking money for you on romance? Uh, uh, dating scams uh, where they say, uh, uh, you know, that you really hit it off. You trade emails back and forth. You're thinking, wow, there's something brewing here. And then they say, hey, I'm in Australia on business and I just got stranded. Can you send me 100 bucks? You know, blah, blah, blah. And, you and know, they go from there. Uh, that could be it. It doesn't explain it here. I was wondering if it's just, is it fake romance sites you think you know you, you think oh this seems like a good dating site you give them your info you sign up for the thing and now they've got your info and they're just stealing from you that way you never even get to far enough along to have a date that rips you off <laughs> yeah i wonder that's absolutely possible yeah because you know you get geez ever do you ever go to your um what do they call that thing in your email uh, the the junk mail you ever mm-hmm. go to your junk mail god it's astonishing the number of people, here's a, here's a hot woman in the local town that wants to have sex with you. And I guess some of you dunderpates fall for that sort of thing? <laughs> and I love you. Some people, <laughs> some people's pates are born dundery. It's not their fault. But yeah, there, a lot of my junk email is directed at my junk, ironically <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder if that, so that, that you're, you're not going to get ripped off by somebody who pretends they're in love with you, you're just going to get ripped off when you sign up to the site. I yeah, that's assume. entirely possible. Yeah, figure out what people want the most, and that is where they will be stolen from. Got Health, it. love, sex, wealth. Sexy sex. Well, that's what I meant by love. You did? You equate love and sex. That's weird. Well, sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes not. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, before we get to her apology on Colbert last night, the world is so weird. So, minor celebrity Whoopi Goldberg, at this point, minor celebrity, on a minor show, The View, uh, said this yesterday. Well, also, if you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. Maybe yeah, no, it's about a, a different it, race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's not about and, ideal and race. It's it's not but these are two Romans. white groups of people. Well, how do we have to black people see too. them as white people? But, but you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute oh you God. turn it into so, race, so it's somebody goes shut down. those cackling hands off. God, that raises my stress level. <laughs> Oh my God! What, what is it about that show? And is it, does it only do it to men? Is it some level of women arguing with each other that makes us go, ah, I got to go hunt some buffalo or fight off a neighboring tribe? God, they're just all talking at once all the time. Um, I think maybe I knew where, what Whoopi was trying to say, or maybe I don't. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't understand what race and ethnicity is. So we played this yesterday, and I talked about how when I got my kids covid test the other day that cost forty dollars a piece they had these a form to fill out and then there was what is your i forget which one was first probably race right maybe and it gave you several choices and i picked white and then it said what is your ethnicity and it also gave you the option of white and i thought i don't understand what this means so then i went back to just ignoring them both um i don't i don't i don't even know what that means 
Well, but they are, they're interchangeable and thrown around by people who whatever gets them the result they want or the power that they crave. And, and uh, what's a race? You know, the idea that if you don't like Mexicans, you're a racist. That's an odd notion since Mexican isn't a race. It's not even close. But again, it's uh, the terms have been smeared to the point that they're meaningless. Right. And I saw a, stu- uh, a story about the racial makeup of Ukraine and how 80% of them are racially Ukrainian, but the other 20% are racially their ethnicity is no, russian nope ukrainian is not a race but uh, whoop, number one whoopie's an idiot that should be <laughs> stated at at the front at the floor okay i i don't care what she thinks about anything but at the time of the holocaust yes jew was considered a race hitler was perhaps you've you've heard this literally talking about building the master race so anybody suggesting it wasn't about quote unquote race is just but, either an idiot or 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 being overly picky and hitler didn't consider jews white uh, right. Well, he believed in the Aryan race. He was he was wrong, by the way. He had all sorts of crazy ass no, ideas. A, but yes, that was the idea at the that's time. That's a nice thing for you to point out. Well, well, well Hitler asking, was Hitler was wrong, by the way. Well, you're asking me, so he, he considered Jews a race. Well, yeah, he considered a lot of stuff that was just utter nonsense. But yes, it was all about race. It was entirely about race cons- and control and politics and, and megalomania and a hundred different things. He considered that mustache good facial hair. He considered a lot of things. Right. So, a whoopee went on Stephen Colbert last night to try to clean this controversy up. When you talk about uh, being a racist, I was saying you can't call this racism. This was evil. Mm-hmm. This wasn't this wasn't based on the skin. You couldn't tell who was Jewish. Mm-hmm. They had to delve deeply to figure it out. Oh, okay, well, let's see where she's going with this. If you see, if the Klan is coming down the street, mm-hmm. and I'm standing with a Jewish friend, and neither one, well, I'm going to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but if my friend decides not to run, they'll get passed by most times because. You can't tell who's Jewish. You don't know. It's not something that people say, oh, that person is Jewish or this person is Jewish. And so that's what I was trying to explain. (laughs) Wow. There are so many brilliant black Americans. Can we hear them talking instead? (laughs) She just doesn't make any sense. Well, is does she? Is there more? Is there more? That's it. Okay. She was great in that singing nun movie. I'll give her that. That was just charming. Well, didn't she won an Oscar in the color purple? Correct. Yeah, she can act. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. But she, she, she she's. Was, I have no interest in her opinions. That was thirty years ago, and then she was married to Ted Danson for a cup of coffee. Another strike against her. Uh okay. I I thought she was. She's got a bunch of, I don't know what she's trying to say, but I thought she was going to try to make some sort of point about, you know, the ability of man to do this sort of thing to other men for a variety of reasons doesn't doesn't have to be racial, but I, that's not where she was going, I guess. So. I think she was implying that the only racism is white people hating black people. Okay. That's the only that's- one. But when she got in that corner, she realized, oh, this isn't really defensible. Okay. You know? Got her dreadlocks in a... Bind. Yeah, yeah. What a maroon. Anyway, uh, so a quick word, if we might, from our good friends at Simply Safe Home Security. Have you ever wanted to know what's happening at home when you're not there? 
Well, we're big fans of the new wireless outdoor camera from Simply Safe. Let you know what's happening outside right from your phone. Alerts you when anyone approaches, so you always know who's there. And I would point out that unlike other places, they don't uh, collect your data like crazy. Uh, that's good to know, right there. So, Simply Safe, um, it's less than a dollar a day. You can set it up yourself in around thirty minutes. No long-term contracts or commitments which I think could lead you to believe that this is kind of a, uh, you know, on-the-cheap system. It is absolutely not. It is a fantastic home security system. A lot of different publications have called it the best. So whether you want to know when your kids get home or see what's happening in your driveway or their porch pirates about, uh, simplysafe.com is a great system. Again, less expensive, simpler, and better. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Your Super Bowl party is going to cost 14% more this year as inflation hits. I have always ignored these stories my whole life. But this is the first time where you might actually notice a difference, because every time I go to the grocery store, I'm shocked at what it costs. It's stunning. You know, you can spend 14% more, or you can do what I do, just serve crappier snacks. I keep careful eye, a careful look at inflation, and instead of uh, chips and dips, for instance, it's chips and lard this year (laughs) did you see that picture i tweeted out a couple weeks back of how narrow the cereal box is yes and i laid a watch on it to show it's the width of a watch head which is a very narrow it's like a book yeah it's like a book of cereal (laughs) so crazy it is How, how long will it last i know the chips shortage there are some companies that are down to five days worth of chips and they usually have three months so, the crazy continues. Of course, we should all eat fewer chips. Probably. Boy, they're good with lard. Mm. <laughs> no, no, computer chips. I'm sorry. We were just oh. talking about potato chips. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Now I understand your confusion. Yeah, there you go. We're not potato chips, computer chips. Supply I, chain, well, inflation, blah, I, blah, blah. I dip my computer chips in lard, too. So. <laughs> Get them good and greased up. So Johns Hopkins University is out with an unbelievable study. It's 62 pages long. It's unbelievably uh, thorough. Well, it's called a meta-study because they look at a whole bunch of data from all around the world. And it's about the shutdowns and the effect on the pandemic. And here's the headline. It did more harm than good. Meanwhile, the Atlantic, the liberal Atlantic, Major story out, looking at a bunch of studies, said the kids in masks, not doing anybody any good. It's foolish. It's God, a waste. You would think if the Atlantic, because if you're a smart liberal, the Atlantic is an important publication to you. Mm-hmm. You would think if the Atlantic comes out with that, it would end masking in schools. Well, we are either uh, we either have or we're about to get uh, links to both the stories at armstrongandgetty.com, but we'll tell you a little bit about them coming up in moments. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So this is from Johns Hopkins University. I thought it would be a giant story today, but I have not seen it anywhere. It is their, uh, it's from their Studies in Applied Economics headline, A Literature Review and Meta-Analysis of the Effects of Lockdowns on COVID-19 Mortality. And I 
thought it would be a big story. It seems like it should be a big story, but so far it is not a big story. I will read a little from the conclusion. It is 62 pages long. I read some of the intro, a bit of the middle, and then mostly the conclusion. Overall, our meta-analysis fails to confirm that lockdowns have had a large, significant effect on mortality rates. Studies examining the relationship between lockdown strictness, based on their complicated stringency index, and if you want to actually read this, we have it linked at armstrongandgetty.com. Um, our study on the relationship between lockdown strictness finds that the average lockdown in Europe and the United States only reduced COVID-19 mortality by 0.2% compared to COVID-19 policy based solely on recommendations. That would be counties, provinces, countries where they said, you should social distance, you should wear masks, you should be careful, wash your hands, whatever they said, as opposed to mandating that the business be closed or the school be closed or whatever. 0.2%. Studies looking at specific things like lockdown versus no lockdown, face masks, closing non-essential businesses, border closures, school closures, and limiting gatherings also find no broad-based evidence of noticeable effects on COVID-19 mortality. However, it says here, closing non-essential businesses seems to have had some effect, particularly bars. Uh, 11% decrease in COVID mortality in closing bars versus not closing bars. So that one seemed to be a good idea. Yeah, I can picture where bars would be a great place to spread the disease. On um, you know, on the other hand, and this this is the thought overreaching all of this discussion is that the enormous costs of denying people liberty are so high. Sure. And if you if you had made it clear that uh, going to the bars sp- spreading the COVID a lot, then you know maybe people self select decide not to. I don't know. Um, also, masks may reduce. COVID-19 mortality, but there is only one study that examines universal mask mandates. The effects of border closures, school closures, and limiting gatherings on mortality yields precision-weighted estimates of 0.1%, uh, 4%, and 1.6%, respectively. Lockdowns compared to no lockdowns also do not reduce COVID-19 mortality. I'll get to the discussion part. This is practically the last paragraph. Overall, we conclude that lockdowns are not an effective way of reducing mortality rates during a pandemic, at least not during the first wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. Our results are in line with what the World Health Organization writing group in 2006 stated. Reports from the 1918 influenza pandemic indicate that social distancing measures did not stop or appear to dramatically reduce transmission. In Edmonton, Canada, isolation and quarantine were instituted, public meetings were banned, schools, churches, colleges, theaters, and other public public gatherings were closed, and business hours were restricted without obvious impact on the epidemic. In other words, we've lived through this before, we'd tried it before, they'd looked at the data, and the WHO had decided it didn't do much good. Well, yeah, what's especially frustrating, and it wasn't just the WHO, but Johns Hopkins itself in 2019, the WHO in 2019, the CDC in April 17th, all put out reports about pandemic preparedness. This is pre-COVID now, folks, and all of them uh, concluded the same thing, that mass quarantines don't work. And so that was not a part of the plan. In fact, they said they might be pursued for social or political purposes by political leaders rather than pursued because of health, public health evidence. That's according to the gurus who've been calling us to dance to their tune for the last couple of years. Back to this most recent study. The most recent research has shown that lockdowns have had, at best, a marginal effect on the number of COVID-19 deaths. And then this sentence I thought, which was huge. 
Uh, They conclude in the study that interventions are generally effective in mitigating COVID-19 spread, but 9 of the 43 results reviewed find no or uncertain association between lockdowns and the spread of COVID-19, suggesting that evidence from that study contradicts their own conclusion. Finally, allow us to broaden our perspective after presenting our meta-analysis that focuses on the following questions. What does the evidence tell us about the effects of lockdowns on mortality? We provide a firm answer to this question. The evidence fails to confirm that lockdowns have a significant effect in reducing COVID-19 mortality. The effect is little to none. And here's an important paragraph. The use of lockdowns is a unique feature of the COVID-19 pandemic. Lockdowns have not been used at such a large extent during any of the pandemics of the past century. However, lockdowns during the initial phase of COVID have had devastating effects. They've contributed to reducing economic activity, raising unemployment, reducing schooling, causing political unrest, contributing to domestic violence, and undermining liberal democracy. These costs to society must be compared to the benefits of lockdown, which our meta-analysis have shown are marginal at best. Wow. We le- this leads us to a strong conclusion. Lockdowns should be rejected out of hand as a pandemic policy instrument. Well, maybe Again, next time. Echoing every single serious look at this question. There has never been an authoritative body uh, that has recommended lockdowns. So frustrating. Well, and it's important to repeat what you said earlier. Well, yeah, I think it is to a huge extent. Trump said open up. So the masses of the media and government and the intelligentsia said shut down. And that was it. It is the most, I mean, the most, like you're a dumb beast recoiling from fire reaction trump said a so we say b which which shows you to be so incredibly easily manipulated my intelligent friends my elite friends you are so weak and and the damage you've done is so enormous to the kids the anxiety the depression the suicide the self-harm the rest of it and there's never been an authoritative body that has said shutdowns are the way to go never it's just so incredibly frustrating to me and then we knew it, and we should have known it. Just the Trump derangement syndrome may be one of the most interesting mass delusions ever experienced by Homo sapiens. I th- it needs to be studied at the university level. The problem is all the universities are are in the bag for this, you know, the sort of group think we've been talking about. In the time we have, I think it's notable the Atlantic publishing a piece by uh, three women who are all in uh, the medical field, public health, that sort of thing. <clears throat> They write, how much time do I have? Yeah, we got time. In the panic spring of 2020, as health officials scrambled to keep communities safe, they recommended various restrictions and interventions, sometimes in the absence of rigorous science supporting them. No way. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, continuing the theme. That was understandable at the time. Now, however, two years into this pandemic, keeping unproven measures in place is no longer justifiable. And honestly, I think they are being too charitable. But anyway, at the top of the list of policies we should rethink is mandatory masks for kids at school. The CDC guidance on school masking is far-reaching, recommending, quote, universal indoor masking by all students age 2 and older, staff, teachers, and visitors to K-12 through schools, regardless of vaccination status. In contrast, many countries, the U.K., Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and, Denmark, and many others, have not taken the U.S.'s approach and instead followed WHO get, uh, guidelines, which recommend against masking children ages 5 and younger because this age group is at low risk of illness, because masks are not, quote, in the overall interest of the child, and because many children are unable to wear masks properly. 
Even for ages 6 to 11, the WHO does not routinely recommend masks because of the, quote, potential impact of wearing a mask on learning and psychosocial development. This part is extra crazy. The fact that we are more strict than Europe, more strict than the WHO masking little kids is weird. And they go into some detail on the patchwork of yes and no to masks. About half of the country's 53 million children remain compulsorily masked in school for the indefinite future, even though there is no responsible medical body that says it's doing any good. None. I was picking up my uh, son yesterday and watching the kindergartners get out of uh, the early part of kindergarten. All those little five-year-olds with masks on. Europe and the WHO doesn't believe in that. There's more detail you ought to hear. Many public health experts maintain that masks worn correctly are essential, blah, blah, blah. There's reason to doubt that kids can pull off mask wearing uh, correctly. We reviewed a variety of studies, some conducted by the CDC itself, some cited by them as evidence of masking effectiveness, uh, often touted by the media. We were trying to find evidence that would justify the no-end-in-sight mask guidance. We came up empty-handed. To our knowledge, the CDC has performed three studies to determine whether masking children in school reduces COVID-19 transmission. Uh, and then they go into some detail. Long story short, there is no solid evidence it helps at all. Masking teachers seem to help a little bit for a while, but there is no evidence that masking kids helps. This is from the Atlantic, folks. This is not from some sort of way out there Alex Jones website. This is practically universally recognized science, and yet the kids are still masked. Why? If you miss an hour, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.